0: Welcome to Let's Talk, hosted by David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. Here, we will focus on the struggle, the juggle, and everyday hustle of small business. We will be here weekly talking to small business owners about their everyday struggles. We welcome your questions and comments, so feel free to email us at admin at We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps. Welcome to David B. Plemons, The Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business. I am Thalia Williams, your marketing concierge. Today we have a special news bulletin on the CARES Act by David B. Plemons, CPA, owner of the firm. Take it away, David.
1: Thank you, Miss Thalia. appreciate it. We're going to go over just a few of the items of the CARES Act, which came out as a result of the, the corona pandemic or whatever you want to call it. Some of the things in here you've heard of, some of them you are never heard of, uh, but we're going to go through them and give you a little bit of idea of what's in there. The first one is the coronavirus stimulus rebates. Everybody, plus their kids, plus their dogs and their cats and a couple of goldfish, know about the stimulus release. This is the $1,200 per person that the government is going to send you, and if you haven't got it yet, I think there's still time to get them out to you. So it's $1,200 per person, 2400 for joint filers, which would be uh, the two filers on two adults, plus $500 for each qualifying child. This is all wonderful and great. A lot of the issues have been, well, they don't have my bank. I haven't filed my tax returns. We're not going to get into all that, uh, but those are some potential issues to deal with. But, one thing you need to know is these credits phase out as you make more money. For example, a single individual that makes greater than $75,000 at the adjusted gross income is not going to get the full $1,200. And the same thing with your with your joint filers. What is interesting, I suppose, is the the, the way this comes about. There is actually going to be a new tax credit on your 2020 tax return. what This this stimulus rebate is an advance of that tax credit. So they're advancing you money now that they're going to give you a tax credit on your tax return. So you're just getting paid now instead of later. The only thing that's going to nail you on this one, potentially, is if your income goes up significantly. For example, if you were under the threshold... You received the full $1,200. When you file your 2020 tax return, your income's gone up significantly. Now you're over the threshold. You could be t- potentially be looking at having to pay some of this money back to the government, but I think that's going to be a very rare uh, situation. Credit is available to everybody pretty much except for non-resident aliens, Uh, or if you can be claimed as a dependent by another taxpayer or if you're in a state or a trust. There's also some payroll tax credit refunds, and these are kind of interesting. If you have less than 500 employees, which I'm pretty sure everybody listening today probably does, uh, you're required to provide mandatory sick time and paid family leave, but the government's going to give you some payroll tax credits to help offset those costs. And if you've got less than 50 employees, you're exempt from this part of it totally. But the credit you could potentially get for doing this is $200 in wages per day per employee and then a maximum of $10,000 in wages per employee would be able to get the credit. And then two weeks of sick pay must be paid when the employee is unable to work for coronavirus-related reasons. Your guess is good as mine on what those reasons are, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be fairly liberal with those. The maximum is $511 today, uh, depending on your industry and your circumstances, or $200 an day, depending on the exact reasons the employee can't work. Now, obviously, the goal of a lot of this or most of this is to maintain jobs for people and not have the entire country down its unemployment lines. So there, you're getting an employee retention credit. So eligible employers are allowed a credit against employment taxes. Now this is the company side of the taxes only, not the not what's withheld out of the employee's paycheck. But the company can get a credit equal to f- up to fifty percent of the qualified wages, which is up to ten thousand dollars per employee. That can be a pretty good size. Uh, number, especially if you got 10, 20, 30, 40 employees, whatever it is. But in order to qualify that, your gross receipts for the quarter you're looking at have to be 50% or less of the gross receipts of the same quarter in the previous year. So you basically, you have to have a very significant impact to your business before you're going to qualify for this. Retirement plans are some. Uh, places that we go for money sometimes when we're desperate. The government has made it easier for us to do that. They've made some really significant changes. You can take out up to $100,000 in coronavirus-related distributions from your retirement plans without being subject to the 10% penalty for early distributions. And you've got all the way up until December 31st to do that. However, You need to pay it back. This is not a distribution that you can keep. You've got three years uh, to repay this money back into the retirement plan. If you don't pay it back, then the income inclusion would be uh, subject to tax over a three-year time frame. So, yes, the money's there. You can take it out, save your family, save the house, but be prepared. You may need to be sending it uh, back. Also, the required minimum distribution rules uh are temporarily suspended for 2020. So if you're in the age where you're having to take required minimum distributions, you do not have to take one for 2020. They just suspend them to 2021. And then there are, there's always been limitations on your charitable deductions to limited to a certain percent of income. Uh they're allowing for 2020 up to 100% of your adjusted gross income uh, can be offset with charitable deductions and 25% of your taxable income for corporations, <clears throat> which typically has been 10%. Uh, next one is the net operating losses or NOLs. You've probably heard of those. The tax law changes that went into effect last year for 2018-2019 took away net operating losses, says we're not going to do those anymore. You can still carry your losses forward. You just can't carry them backwards. Guess what? They're back. Net operating losses are back. So how that works, if you have a loss, what's called a net operating loss, you can carry that backwards five years in a calculation and get a refund for some of those uh, taxes from five years ago. A lot more other fun stuff in here qualified improvement property is now 15 year corporate alternative minimum tax is now a refundable credit for 2018 and 2019 and then a payroll tax delay the we were talking about a tax credit earlier this is a delay in payment so for the employer share not the employee side but the employer share of social security payroll taxes 50% of those can be deferred until December 31st, 2021. And the other 50% will be due December 31st, 2022. So that's all really good right now. As I always remind people, think about the future. If I don't have to pay them now, I've got to pay them later. I'm going to end when those deadlines come. I'm going to be paying the current year at that time plus whatever I'm deferring. So just be prepared and and don't be surprised when that comes. And then the favorite one we, always, we all have is the PPP or the Payroll Protection Plan, which most small businesses have applied for. There's been a couple of rounds of money coming out. A really, really good thing for small business in order to help keep their employees employed, which is obviously the goal here. These PPP loans can be forgiven if you follow certain guidelines. If you don't follow the certain guidelines, then the money's going to have to be repaid. It's going to be a loan. It's going to have an interest rate assigned to it. So you guys who have have applied, we apply through banks. The bank coordinates with the government. So we work with the bank. We provide the data to the bank. They approve our loan. They fund the loan. Now, what do you need to do to get Uh, exempted from having to pay the money back, again, you need to work through your bank. The bank is the one who will sign off and justify that, yes, this loan should be forgiven. But basically what they're looking at is uh, no more. the, The loan can be used on payroll. It can be used on mortgage obligations, but it's only for the rent, I mean, for the interest portion of that. Can be used for rent, but your lease has to be in effect prior to February fifteenth, twenty twenty. Could be utilities, but those utilities have to be in service before February fifteenth, twenty twenty. And like we said, payroll cost including payroll benefits, uh, health insurance, etc. However, it does not cover the employer's taxes. It covers Texas unemployment, but just not the federal federal unemployment, the 940 tax, or the Social Security, Medicare on the federal side. The expenses that are allowed to be covered with the PPP loans are your payroll costs, including your benefits, which is health insurance, whatnot. What is not covered as part of that is the federal company employer taxes, the federal social side of the company match for Social Security and Medicare, and the federal unemployment tax. However, your state unemployment taxes are covered by this payroll cost. The interest on your mortgage obligations are covered, not the principal payment, only the interest. The rent under lease agreements that are in force February 15th, 2020 or prior. Utilities, the fifth the service began before February 15th, 2020. The rules require that 75% of the forgivable loan amounts be attributed to payroll. So, yes, we can spend money on mortgage interest, on rent, on utilities, but we cannot spend more than 25% of the money that's been given to us. So we all obviously want to have our debts forgiven and not have to pay this money back. So how do you do that? And again, you're going to have to work specifically with your bank because each bank is interpreting the rules just a little bit differently. But basically, your documentation period begins the minute you get the PPP loan funded to your bank account. So when when you see that money in the bank, start your clock. You've got an eight-week period of which you have to provide detailed support for what that money was spent on three things you need to watch out for on the payroll side. It's not just the payroll dollars you're worried about. It's the number of staff or something called full-time equivalents. So you have to go backwards in time, look at, and they they give you a couple of different choices, look at in 2019 for this time period from A to B, I had X number of full-time equivalents and that That is people working 30 hours or more a week is considered a full-time equivalent. You've got a level of payroll that you have to look at, which is the dollars, and then you've got a rehiring requirement. All three of those play into calculating whether you've cut your payroll or not. So, for example, if I had 10 full-time equivalents a year ago and during the time period now I've got five, that's not good for getting forgiven because you've cut your payroll in half. Calculations are a little complicated on that, but be sure that you know the number of full-time equivalents you have. The level of payroll also plays in there. You use that same time period for the level of payroll uh, compared to the current eight weeks that you're working for. And then if rehiring, if you've had people that you've laid off, basically you have until June 30th to get them restored to full-time employment and their current salary levels, any changes made between February 15th and April 2020. So as you can tell, the PPP loan forgiveness is not just, oh, you got the money, never mind, you don't have to pay it back. You got to justify it, and please work with your bank on that, and good luck.
0: Thank you, David. If you should have any questions on any of the information you may have heard, please email us at admin at PlemonsCPA.com. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Season 1 of the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business with David B. Plemons, CPA. Please listen to our podcast because we are going to be coming back to you in the fall in September with new episodes, exciting episodes, talking about digital marketing and more cybersecurity and some other relevant topics to small business owners. Thank you so much for listening, and please, if you have any questions or um, you'd like more information about any of our guest speakers, please email us at admin at PlemonsCPA.com. Thank you. David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the hustle, juggle, and struggle of small business podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office.